0: Good evening everyone and welcome. Tonight's class is titled Inappropriate Thoughts During Divine Service Part 2. Tonight, we're going to discuss Who is the real you? We're going to discuss methods of dealing with a bully. Hopefully we'll have time to talk for a moment about parenting and conclude with the power of prayer. In Parshish Vayeshev, we learn how the brothers of Yosef got really mad at him. And they ended up throwing him into a pit. A dangerous pit with snakes and scorpions. And how he was sold, but I want to quote to you a specific passage. It says, "The passage reads, toldes Yaakov, these are the children of Yaakov, and Elis list, Yosef, Yosef, the eleventh child, is a child of, Yo- of Yaakov, ben Shvai As He was seventeen years old, of Batson. and he would.'" Together with his brothers, pastor the sheep. But the Topasuk says that he would do childish, boyish things. So Rashi comes and comments and he says, What does it mean that he did childish things? What does it mean to do boyish things? I think the appropriate translation here should really be childish. Boyish, I don't think, would be appropriate. He was. Rashi says, before I tell you what Rashi says, let me tell you the story leading up to this Rashi. True story. Uh, teacher is in class, and he's teaching this specific verse. And he turns to Garishon, just picking on Garishon for now, he picks to a student and he says, Gershon, read the passage, read the Rashi. Read the specific Rashi, that shares what it means to be a child. It says it says, Yosef was a child. What does it mean to be a child? What was he doing? So Garishon, the child, he reads the, he reads Rashi beautifully. Rashi says, he was a child. He he acted like a child. Shahaya Oisem Masanarus. He would do childish things. What is childish things? says Rashi he was very into his hair they translated here he was like curling his hair and touching up his eyes in order that he should look good a 17 year old boy he was doing childish things so after Gershon finishes reading this Rashi the teacher looks to Gershon and he says Now you understand why I made you read this, right? So the child basically gets the message that the teacher really is looking down at him. The child runs out of class. He runs to the bathroom. He's crying in the bathroom. Finally he runs home. And he goes home and he tells his parents the story. Tells his father the story. He tells his father how he was in yeshiva and he feels like his teacher really, really hurt his feelings. And his father turns to the child and he says, your teacher was right. Your teacher was right. Your teacher was 100% correct. You're exactly like Yosef. Look at what Yosef, he says, your teacher was telling you Now you have the potential of Yosef. Look what became of Yosef. He became the second in command to Egypt. He became the most powerful man. He's the person who saved the Jewish people when they went down to Egypt. Because of him, the entire, you know, let's just say basically world at the time had food during these years of famine. The child heard what his father said and was able to relax. So here you have a story where a teacher said something which truly could have harmed a child. Unfortunately, it could have harmed him for life. But the parent was able to take that story and bring out some good. There's another story, I forget who it's with. I think it's with one of the presidents. You, you may remember, but where he was a, a famous personality, where he was sent home with a paper and his mother read the paper to him. your child is too smart for our school, you need to find another school, and years later the child found the document and said your child is kicked out of our school because we can't handle him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story, have you heard that story? It's a true story. Einstein. Einstein. Was it Einstein? Okay. Einstein, okay, there you go. It, it is a... I haven't heard the story,
1: but it sounds familiar.
0: <laughs> we, you know, I share this story because today we're momentarily gonna learn we started it previously, but we're momentarily going to learn how you can decide who you are. You, des- you decide who you are. There's two you's. Right? And, and in a sense, I like this example of, and I'm going to mispronounce it again, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. How do you say Don't it think that? Okay. Dr. Jekyll Dr. Right. Jekyll, if I said it correctly? Yeah. They, we do have two, we have a dual personality, but the difference here is we could decide which personality is ours. Even more than that, the difference is we're able to take one personality and change it to be the other. So to bring us back into the Tanya text of Tanya, we are holding chapter 28, page 122. Chapter 28, page 122. And we just finished sharing how even if you get tremendously inappropriate thoughts during prayer, not only should this not bring you down, but you should realize that the harder the opponent is fighting, the harder the animalistic soul is fighting you during a time of prayer, reflects the power of your godly soul. Because remember, if a strong man walks into a fight, and he sees that there's, so to say, a weak man there, he's not going to put all his energy there, he's not going to waste energy on this man. But when he sees that that weak man all of a sudden starts bringing out the, you know, all the guns, he's bringing out all the energy, he's going to all of a sudden start fighting harder. So if you're in the middle of prayer, and you're not, having so, you're not having inappropriate thoughts, perhaps it's a reflection that you're not really trying, you're not focused. So got, your animalistic soul is like, ha, you're not focused anyway, I'm not going to put anything in it. But if you're all of a sudden focused hard, you came to Shul and you said, today I'm going to give it all I got. And that day all of a sudden, that's the day when you have these inappropriate thoughts. Don't let that push you down. Don't let that tell you that you're down in the dumps. The one day, I can't, and I've heard this before, they, people come, they come to Shlomo and they say, I gave it all I got, and that one day, everything went wrong. The harder we try, the harder our godly soul tries, the harder the animalistic soul is going to try. So the message that we're going to discuss momentarily is that there are two separate yous. There is Hilo Shlomo, the animal. <laughs> and Hilo Shlomo the God. Which one of these two Hilo Shlomo's is going to win right now? And every moment is a different fight. So just to put it in focus, the focus we want to bring out now is that even if you're up against big challenges, recognize that that, is, that does not need to be you. Recognize that the godly soul that's bringing those challenges does not need to be the you. Allow the the godly soul to be the winning person. Does, are there any questions about that idea before we get inside? Mark, no? Okay. No, no. Let's see this inside. Oh, please, Garrison. Um, I might have
1: missed the last class. But <clears throat> inappropriate thoughts could be any, any worldly thoughts that are
0: distracting you that, I very much true. appreciate you bringing that up. I very much appreciate. You. What we're talking about in, in our current context is is we're not specifically talking. We're not talking here about thoughts about business or about you know your to do list. You know, like oftentimes during davening, all of a sudden we realize we, our whole schedule starts flowing into our mind. That's not our conversation really now. <laughs> what?
1: You're talking about the really bad. Step.
0: I'm talking about things that are inappropriate. I'm not talking about things that it's the wrong time. Things that it's the wrong time. You need to tell your mind it's not the time now. But we're talking about you're in the middle of focusing on davening, and inappropriate thoughts come to your mind. Even that, don't let that t- don't let that make you. That's why I share this story of the boy. So because you're talking about actual bad thoughts, not. Let me say, thoughts of sin, let's say thoughts thoughts of sin to be very clear. Thoughts of sin. And the message I shared with that story was the child, perhaps he did act childish. Perhaps he did, but is that the child? Are you going to say that you are your silly actions you're doing now? Are you going to say to a person, you are this negative thought you're thinking now? Right. One of the things we try not to tell someone is, you are a liar. Maybe you are... You are maybe you don't
1: believe
0: that. Maybe right now you're saying something not true, but to, to make a blanket statement about a person, right, we try not to do that. Because right now you're doing this, but the, you can decide who you are. Make that decision. And even if you decide today that you want to be evil, you want to be bad, you still could change it tomorrow, because you are, you are a body which has two different souls fighting. Um, so you're with me? Okay, let's see it inside. Page 122, right hand column. Eight lines from the bottom. In the red tanya there is a small gray number that says 27 Shvat. Are you with me? Fantastic. Page one twenty-two. This refutes this idea that there's two souls inside of a person. It's not one person. It's two separate souls within him. This refutes the common, the error commonly held by people who mistakenly deduce from the occurrence of the foreign thought that this proves their prayer to be worthless. You come to shul. Someone shared with me he had a great Yom Kippur and at the last moment he had a terrible thought his whole Yom Kippur was down the tube. Exactly what we're saying here is not true. This is incorrect. Now, first we're going to explain why people think it is correct. Why do they think that it is correct? For if one prayed as is fitting and proper no foreign thoughts would have occurred to him. Be a mensch and nothing inappropriate is going to come to you. Yeah, did anyone ever tell you, Hillel Shlomo, be a mensch? Just be a mensch and nothing bad is going to happen, right? But that's, Wrong. Wrong! Exactly, they're wrong. Why? What they say would be true if there were only one single soul. The same that prays as well as thinks and fancies the foreign thoughts. If there's one person, you can only do one thing at a time. So if you're praying, how do you have a moment to think about something else? That's, you're right. If you're one person, you have one way of thinking, one way to talk. If you So you're right, if the moment you're focused on prayer, there's no place, there's no place for anything inappropriate. But the real truth, however, is that there are two souls. And remember we shared previously at the beginning of Tanya, in the first eight chapters, how each soul has its own thought, speech, and action. How each soul has its own intellect, its own emotions. The real truth, however, is that there are two souls waging war one against the other in the person's mind. Inside of your mind, there's a big war happening each one wishing and desiring to rule over him and pervade his mind exclusively. The animalistic soul wants the extinction of the divine soul. The divine soul wants the animalistic soul out. Thus, all thoughts of Torah and the fear of heaven come from the Divine Soul. You could tell where your thoughts are generally. Generally, I have to be careful here. Generally, you can tell where your thoughts are coming from. If they're godly, you know they're coming from the godly soul. While all mundane matters come from the animal soul. Okay, so, now you have two separate souls. The problem is, except, small problem, that the Divine Soul is closed in it. <laughs> you have two souls, but they're in the same body the animalistic soul is here and through the animalistic soul the godly soul also comes into our body in chapter 29 we're actually going to try and discuss who is a person like who who, who you really are from the two souls but one of the things that we're going to mention is how the divine soul and godly soul work together Because they are in one body, after all. They have to, there has to be some teamwork. So there's two people inside of you. So now, let me share with you the example of Tanya outside. It's an incredible example. Imagine you're in the middle of prayer, and some drunkard, some inappropriate man or woman, whichever side of the Mechitha you're on, comes to you and starts screaming at you. The most ridiculous things. In middle of prayer. We don't, we're not going to give any examples now. You think someone comes to show you in the middle of prayer and they start shrieking at you. So what are you going to do right then? What are you going to do? You're going to ignore them, right? If you have a bully that just comes and screams at you, the last thing you want to do is fight back. We have an expression. It's an incredible expression. How is Abek maneuver? Misnabel came. We're going to see momentarily in Tanya. If you fight with a dirty person, the dirt's going to get on you, right? Someone's rolling in mud and he starts tackling. it's just going to get back on you. You don't want to start fighting with this bully. You want to ignore him. So let's go back to our souls. You have the godly soul is right now in shul, focused on prayer, and there's an animalistic soul that's standing right there, shrieking at him, screaming at the top of his lungs. Something else. It's two separate souls. So the fact that for a moment you actually listen to this crazy guy next to you doesn't mean that your godly soul is not in touch. Shmuel, are you with me? Does this make sense? Let's see it inside. Let's see this inside. This, the idea, of having an inappropriate thought in the middle of prayer, this is like the example of a person praying with devotion. You're giving it all you got. You, pr- you woke up early, you gave tzedakah before davening, you focused your thoughts, you learned some chassidus, and now you're ready. You've done everything you can. And boom, five minutes in, you're up to Shema. You're up to Shema, 20 minutes in, while facing him there stands a wicked heathen who chats and speaks to him in order to confuse him. You have someone in front of you that is there for one reason and one reason only. To disturb you. Nothing else. So surely, what are you going to do to this man? The thing to do in such a case would not be would be not to answer him good or evil. Don't start... To, just, but rather to pretend to be deaf without hearing and to comply with the verse, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you become like him. Don't get involved in his naresh kaiten, don't don't go get involved with him, he's just going to drag you down. So you're in, so you're giving it all you got, and you have, the godly soul is focused, the animalistic soul is shrieking at you. Similarly, he must answer nothing nor engage in any argument and counter-argument with the foreign thought. For he who wrestles with a filthy person is bound to become soiled himself." This is a very powerful, very powerful idea. We oftentimes want to answer ourselves. We're having thoughts. We want to get into it. In our own mind. we We want to start... We're learning here that if it's coming certainly to something that's inappropriate, don't, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't even wage war with the animalistic soul, because the moment you wage war, you've gotten into a fight with a dirty man. And you're going to get dirty. You've gotten into a fight with a foolish man, and we learn, if you get into a fight with a foolish man, do a little you yourself are going to start getting a little bit foolish. foolish. You're not having a normal conversation. It's not an intellectual conversation. I say this, you say that. So what should you do? What should you do? I remember someone was going through some challenges. And they shared with me how they knew what they shouldn't do. Okay, I shouldn't think, but now what do I do? What, like, what should I think about? Rather, should he adopt an attitude as if he neither knows nor hears the thoughts that have befallen him? These thoughts never happen. I, I didn't even hear anything. He must remove them from his mind and strengthen still more the power of his concentration. So what you need to do is, you need to do something proactive. Not only are we telling you not... So now, come and focus your concentration even more in prayer. So you're in the middle of saying, Shema Yisrael, listen, Jewish people, Hashem Malo Hashem Echad Hashem, is our God, the supernatural and natural is all one. Hashem is everything, this universe is one. And at that moment you start thinking about, you're going to go ahead and eat something not appropriate. So you tell your mind, you say, you don't tell your mind anything. Just get back, you go back straight to think about Hashem is one. Hashem is everything. Don't even think about. Wow, that's such a terrible thought. I should. Oh, and now I'm such a bad person. I even had such a thought. Hashem is one. What an amazing thought. Baruch, Baruch Shem Kavod. Just continue on. So practical steps, and then we'll take some questions, and we'll take a, a thought. Practical steps we've said is when. Is you, there are two people within you. There's a godly soul and an animalistic soul. You choose who you want to be. Be the godly soul. If the animalistic soul is screaming at you, don't let that bother you. Don't let them that think that, that's, that that is who you are. Put your focus back on the godly action. If you fight with a dirty person, you're going to get dirty yourself. Are there any questions? I mean, I'm sure there's many questions. Are there any questions perhaps you want to share that I may be able to answer?
1: <laughs> what if you're not praying and somebody comes up to you? I mean, then you're in a different situation. What
0: are you doing? Oh, ah, you're
1: just walking down the street. So in that case, comes up to you and starts threatening you.
0: No, wait, wait, wait. He's threatening you with physical harm?
1: Well, you don't know. That's... that's
0: Alright, look. If, if, you're so worry, you if, you, know. if you're worried for your life, I just want to be clear here. We're talking yeah. about the godly soul and the animalistic soul. We're not worried about the animalistic soul hitting you. We're not worried that he's going to, God forbid, cause you uh, brain damage. If there's, God forbid, any worry of harm, then the Torah says the first thing you need to do is get out of danger. And that I'm I'm, I'm not an expert on that, right. but uh, so. But to go back to your question, if you're walking down the street, it's this afternoon, you just say you're chalent, and you're taking a chalent walk, we call it. You're going, and someone comes and starts screaming at you. It's the same message. You're not going to respond to him. You're, not, you're just going to get dirty. So what should you do? Think about something godly. Think about how that tree right there, everything that tree, it's amazing. It has so many colors, and it's all one god. It's just it's unbelievable. How could that be? Right. Yeah. So, to take it in the opposite direction, instead of it being a wicked heathen, suppose it's someone that comes up to you and asks you for assistance while you're davening. So, you're in the middle of davening, and someone taps you and says, Can you help me move chairs? Or can you help me in the kitchen? What, what's the appropriate response? Savi, so you've asked a great question. I'm going to try and answer it in very short, but I will answer it. The answer is, Michael, can you bring me a sitter, please? The answer is it depends on the place you are. And it depends what's being asked. So, before I show you this, let me show you this. Okay, I don't find the English, but just to show you, just to show you, the question you asked in the Code of Jewish Law on what you could do is quite a big section on the importance of prayer and what's appropriate during that time. So I'm not going to try and recap this in a minute. But what I could try and show you is that in the back of our blue sitter is a chart. Have any of you seen this chart? No, I highly encourage you all to look at it It's a very fascinating chart And what it is, is It shares with you the, f- the point in prayer All the different type, times during prayer The first one is, for example If you're in the middle of putting on tefillin If you're in the middle of saying The specific paragraph of Baruch Shemar If you're in the middle of saying Shema, etc And here it says a form of interruption
1: wow.
0: So this may answer your wow. question okay. When I was in yeshiva We had to study this It's quite hard Quite, quite detailed um, but I'm blessed that I had to do that you know the best things in life were the challenges that you had to do and you hopefully master them
1: <laughs> what, what
0: is Shulchan Aruch Code of Jewish Law and there's a whole section called section of prayer okay so great question and we could give a lot of classes on that the answer to that a- any other questions it, please
1: This is obviously not an easy situation, and the more one thinks about it, the more complicated it becomes. The person who is screaming may have a great need. It requires a great deal of sophistication to decide when it is appropriate to intervene and not. Is one committing a mitzvah when he stops his prayer to help somebody else? or is he not completing his task? One needs to develop the ability to discern and to realize that one must be responsible for himself, not to define himself by others, because that is a path to perdition. But yet also be sensitive to another person. Part of our problem has been in the past that indeed, not wanting to get schmutz in ourselves, sometimes we did not take action, which I'm sure Hashem would have endorsed. Consequently, six million of us went up and smoke. But some of us decided if we were going to go up and smoke, we were going to take somebody with us. Did we in the Warsaw Ghetto? Wait do what we needed to do, and yet commit a sin at the same time. God never told anybody to be a nar, and the Altar Rebbe is not telling anybody to be a nar. What we need to do in our prayers is to be devout, to not expect reward, but to pray because of the mindset it gives us, and to remember that we are responsible for ourselves and for setting an example, and if it's necessary to get schmutzig for the greater good, we need to do it. And that is the message I also take from the Alter Rebbe. Uh, The Alter Rebbe, above all else, says, think. Think about yourself and your godly soul and you will be able to ascertain what the Course is. You know, I I appreciate- (laughs) No. Nar, right? A, a youth, right? Anar? Somebody who is uh, a fool. It's simple. Anar is one of the yeah. people that's in the Passover. Uh, one of the four. Oh.
0: Let me put this in context. And the next step... I, I must share with you something I heard yesterday. Let's put this back in context. And that is that if you are focused on prayer and you're having a negative thought Remember that you are, you can be your godly soul. But now comes the al and asks an amazing question. Before I share it, I want to share this parenting thought I heard yesterday. There are three steps to parenting. This man, this professor shares. Everyone has their steps, but let me share his three steps. There is planting, building, and praying. Planting, he says, is the role model that every parent is. Being a role model, it's subconscious, child sees, you've planted seeds in their mind, it may take time, but over time you have planted within your child a certain path. Building, building is when you tell your child, hey don't do that, or do this. I don't think it's good if you jump off the roof you may hurt yourself. That was a clear building block. Building is when you tell your child, you bring your child to Shul and you have him sit next to you for a certain amount. Know, that's actual building. But then, the last step is prayer. Prayer is a lot of life is out of your control. And the only thing we can do is pray to God. So I, we see this right now in Tanya. The Altarebi shares. he says, what about someone who He gets disturbed. You're in shul. Remember, you're in shul. You're animal. This this man comes and is screaming at you. Well, maybe if you're Maisha Mendel, you're a holy man, you're not going to get disturbed. But if you're like me and someone comes screaming at me, I'm going to get scared. You know, when I pray in the airport, I'm going to tell you the truth maybe I shouldn't tell you all my sins but I get nervous I don't really focus on prayer I have my talis on my in, and I'm just waiting for the policeman to come and say what are you doing here <laughs> you know it's all right. you're in shul and someone is screaming at you you can't focus well, what should you do now so says the altar if that's the case there's only one option pray to God and ask him ask him to help you if the animalistic soul you feel Is winning this war All you could do is ask Hashem To pass you through this test Why should Hashem help you? <laughs> Why should Hashem help you? Why should Hashem help you? <laughs> we, we, we think what we're going to learn is We're asking Hashem Don't help me For me Help me for yourself why? Because in Chapter 2 of Tan you will learn that we are like a child of Hashem and a child is a part of His Father. We are a part of Hashem. So we tell Hashem, if you care about yourself, help us, we're a part of you, help yourself. Because <laughs> if it's for me, myself, maybe I don't deserve it. But Hashem, you care about yourself at least. Let's see this insight. Fascinating insight. And then we'll take comments bottom of page 124, last word. However, if he finds it hard to dismiss them, mind with great intensity, if he finds it hard to dismiss these thoughts that are coming with great intensity, then he should humble his spirit before God, and supplicate it in his thought. To have compassion upon him. In his abundant mercies. If you can't focus, there's only one option. Pray to God. But now we say, when you're praying to God, ask Hashem to have mercy. Listen to this. As a father who takes pity on his children. And where do children come from? Children stem from the brain. So may God have pity on his soul. Which is derived from him who is blessed. And delivered from the turbulent waters. For his sake. He will do it. For Hashem's sake. For verily his people. Is a part of the Lord. Note number four. Thus by helping the divine soul. God helps himself, as it were. So, we can't, if we just don't have the energy, I think this, to me, is a very powerful thought. If someone feels stuck in something, we feel we have no way out. So Hashem is telling us, or actually here, the Rebbe is guiding us, he's saying, pray to God and say, God, I am a part of you. You care about yourself. So take care of yourself. Get me through this. We're not asking, we're asking, we're saying, even if I don't deserve it, take care of yourself. Let's recap this. This is an incredible. I, I, I'm, chapter 28, as I, every chapter is incredible. What did we learn today? Where, where are we holding? We've just learned that you are who you want to be. Hopefully you want to be the godly soul. And if you want to be the godly soul, then don't let anything stop you. Don't let any, anything faze you. Even if, unfortunately, you did something negative, you let the godly soul pervade. Even if you're, you have these negative thoughts bombarding you. This guy in Shul, he's not coming, he's telling you one silly joke and leaving. This wicked heathen, he's standing in Shul for a half hour screaming at you. He's not letting go. The animalistic soul, he's there every moment, right? Even when you sleep, he's still there. He's not, he's not leaving. But the godly soul has the power to prevail. And even if for a moment he slips, recognize that that's... That wasn't... That wasn't me. That was the other guy. Right? So maybe now we understand why we always blame everything on everybody else. The godly soul. It's the godly soul talking, blaming it on him.
1: Very
0: nice. <laughs> and we concluded and we concluded that even if we feel we can't get through something, number one is pray to God. Very important. I think unfortunately this is a I'm saying this out of nowhere, you could prove me wrong. It's just my little feeling. Over the last few years, the way I see it. For whatever reason, we've we we haven't we haven't been taking out the tehillim enough. We haven't been pulling out our tehillim, you know, our te, our tehillim. The tehillim is a book of David Melech, book of Psalms, and we know Jews in all ages they've read the tehillim, and this is how we ask God to help us in any situation. And. In days of old, this is all, this is, if whenever something happened, your first, your first thought was, I'm going to pray to God. And I think that's what we're learning now, is that if there's a challenge we feel is beyond us, that's okay. We, all God needs to do is come and give us a little energy. But let's pray to Him. Let's, let's really, really pour ourselves out to God. And God will help. God will help. Are there any questions? No. Okay. So, you're,
1: so you're kind of saying, don't don't resist. Focus on the positive, which is God.
0: Don't resist what? Don't,
1: don't resist the negative thought, because that will just get you caught in the struggle. Instead Re- of resisting that thought, focus.
0: Exactly. On, focus exactly. On, Exactly. Don't fight with it. Do something else. Focus on the godliness. Fantastic. It only empowers the soul. Say it again? It only
1: empowers
0: exactly. You. Exactly. You know, I know for myself, recently I've learned if a student is acting up and you fight with them, they're just going to act up more. You know? <laughs> you, don't, you don't go ahead and you're just going to be fighting with the child. If you wait a little bit and you get back to it you'll be able to deal with it better. Okay, thank you very much.